Hi again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 546. If you'd like to have a copy of it after you hear it, uh, Sharon will tell you how. Please specify whether you want an audio tape or a CD. It's absolutely free, including the postage and handling. Uh, we have, I have for you, it's a real strong message, a lot of Bible reading and some letters and some real great music from, um, what's the name of that group? Gold, Gold City? City? Yes. Gold City. They are a fantastic singing group. And, uh, but right now let's go to the throne. I know the Lord is uh, resting in my heart, but not really resting. He's telling me <laughs> to do a lot of things during the day, and uh, I like to do them. It's always good. The Lord has endued us with all wisdom and knowledge, those of us that know the Bible. And so as long as we know, have the knowledge or know, knowledge is the same as know what to do, and we do it, then we're obedient. And obedience is better than sacrifice. So a lot of people think that they're sacrificing themselves unto the Lord, and then they're not obedient at all. Uh, Saul was sent to hell in the Old Testament for disobeying one time. And so can you imagine what it's going to be for people that disobey God all hours of the day, every day of their life, not wanting to know what there is to do, not um, hearkening unto the rulers of this world, which are the ministers of the gospel, Father, I pray that you open up the windows of heaven and speak right through my body. I am not uh, that good at speaking at all, Lord, unless it's you speaking through me. And therefore, I pray, Lord, that you take over my mouth and my tongue and with your words to make people grow in Christ and make people be compelled to come unto you uh, for salvation. You gave the word of God, which is your only begotten Son, so that whosoever believes in the entire word of God, which is your only begotten Son, that they should not perish, but have everlasting life. Lord, we pray that um, when we read the word, we say that we're to rebuke Satan and that we're not to join ourselves to uh with, uh, uh, religions that have no wisdom or understanding or knowledge because they don't have Christ uh, and they don't use his wisdom. So many of them are worshiping statues and praying to statues and praying to Mary. And this is not the wisdom of or the understanding of you, Father. You said that this is a horrible sin. That's the first commandment, to not have any other God especially any female like Mary or any other female or male figure other than Christ. There's one mediator to the throne of God, and that's the man Christ Jesus, and that is the only one by, um, that we can reach you uh, through. Only Christ. Christ is the one and only mediator to you, Father. So if we're praying to Mary, that infuriates you. If we're praying to any other saint, that infuriates you. Or if we're uniting ourselves with any false religion that infuriates you, you want us to be unified in only one body, and that is you, Jesus. That is, and you, Jesus, are the Word of God. We are to be united only in the Word of God and not any other word or any other uh, religion, any other doctrine, anyone. 
that believes and lives according to any other doctrine other than that which the apostles have preached and which you have preached, Jesus, they are accursed. And therefore, we pray that it will get through to people that they are to only go by the book, your book, the Bible, the Word of God. Lord, we ask that you, and we pray that everyone will pray for people that are going in for operations. Uh, Angel is going in for an operation on Monday, and it's a very serious operation, so make sure that all you saints bombard the throne of God uh, to ask that uh, to guide the hands of the surgeon and that uh, she will come through this uh, victorious and without pain. You've shown us, Father, that there's no pain in the body of Christ. We may suffer persecution, but we have the, your word that you've healed us and that you have taken away the pain. Lord, we ask it in Jesus' name. And we ask that you rebuke every satanic power that would be around people that are going to be operated on and that are being operated on and any pain in their bodies when they are going out to meet you but that they praise and thank the Lord and are filled with the joy of you, Father God. Rebuke Satan, because it's your will that uh, we know the mystery of your will. And therefore, Lord, we ask that you rebuke Satan, because it's not a mystery to us any longer. We know that we're to come against Satan, uh, not just with uh, word, but with deed. We're not to allow Satan to stop us or make us feel inferior to anyone or to make us feel. I mean, if we're doing your will, Father, we're not to inferior to anyone. Uh, but it's so, Lord, that we ask that we take the responsibility of running this world as through your word, the way that you have commanded to run this world with your wisdom and knowledge and Lord, people should go, they must, or else they're disobeying you. And uh, disobedience is a horrible sin. It causes people to go to hell. That they must come to the spiritual leaders and rulers of this world, uh, through your word, we, the ministers of God, are the rulers of this present world. And if you do it, uh, Father, if we do that, then we know for sure that you'll be with us. But if we don't, you'll be terribly angry with us. We ask it, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name, and everybody says amen. Amen. All right, I've got a song here for you as soon as I find it. Where is it? Where did I put those? Oh, there it is. All right. Now, I remember I had this vision of moving up a mountain. And that mountain, it's, not, it's a struggle to get to the kingdom of heaven. The Bible says that we have to squeeze our way in because it's straight and narrow. And uh, a broad is the way to destruction. You know, people have such a glorious life of just doing whatever they please and sleeping as long as they want to and just floating around the house or their church or just everything is this happiness to them. But the Bible says all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And uh, Satan, uh, whenever God gives us something, Satan wants to take it away. Like God gave Adam and Eve the Garden of Eden. 
And what happened when they received that? Immediately Satan came in and tried to take it away from them. And not only tried to take it away from them, he lied to them and they believed Satan rather than God. God said that you can eat from the tree of life and all the other trees in the garden, but you cannot eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And therefore, if you do, in the day that you do that, you shall surely die. Satan said, you won't die. God is a liar. But God is not a liar. God is the truth, and Satan is a liar and the father of every liar. The father of every liar on the face of this earth and every evil thing that exists on this earth. So, uh, Gold City is a very good, uh, I don't know if they're a quartet or a quintet, I think they're a quartet, and uh, we have to move up that mountain. And uh, I saw that vision as soon my, myself, and there was, uh, we were walking, I was walking in the sunshine, a beautiful blue day, just going up the mountain. But then when Sue and I got together, a uh, horrible uh, black storm came down, blowing wind, trying to stop us from going uh, up that mountain, trying to stop us from going to heaven. And uh, all sorts of persecution has been happening uh, down through the years. It's called anti-Alamo propaganda. The news media, have you believed any anti-Alamo propaganda today? Well, you know, anything that they're saying that's evil about us is nothing more than Satan's propaganda. And as they're trying to destroy this church and many other churches, and they use anti-Alamo propaganda, anti-Christian propaganda, just like the anti-Christ propaganda that came against Jesus when um, uh, causing him to be nailed to the cross. And so have you believed any anti-Lamo uh, propaganda? So I said the other day, and I'll say it again today, if you uh, believe in that stuff, you will be, you will never be happy, okay? Because God will send your soul to hell for believing that stuff because you can tell I'm preaching the truth. So just forget me. Just forget me and think about Jesus, amen? amen. Just as the, but, uh, the Vatican... Uh, forgets it's uh, those child molesters to those they have hundreds of thousands of them and the homosexuals in their church now you know you can uh, they build up uh, John Paul too but they forgot to mention in the movie that they made on him that they showed on television the other day that he was the one that helped burn made the cyanide gas that uh, uh, killed murdered murdered millions of Jews, and all the other things that he fled because he was a war criminal. He was a fugitive from justice. He fled to Argentina and hid there for a while. And because that the Vatican thought that he was doing a good job by murdering all those Jews, they made him the, uh, the Pope. First, they made him the first, the youngest bishop of Rome, and then they exalted him to be the Pope. Anyone that will murder Jews or Christians and anyone that has will receive anti-Alamo propaganda, you know, this, um, you'll be a, a favorite person in the eyes of those devils. But, um, 
Uh, What I say is if you believe in that stuff of propaganda, this is the same stuff that they use, the propaganda they use against the Jews during World War II. If you'll forget all that, if people would have forgotten that propaganda, they would have been happy. And you'll be happy also if you forget this uh, uh, anti-Alamo propaganda, if you'll just pay no attention. Just forget about me and think about Jesus. Amen? Amen. Now, uh, well, you, if you want to concentrate on something that's evil, then go to the Vatican, who forgets all the war crimes and all the wars that they've started, and the child molestations, the child molesters, and the uh, homosexuals that they've hidden, including uh, hiding President Lincoln's assassina- uh, assassins. President Lincoln was murdered by those Jesuits. Another thing I'd like to say, I keep saying this because all these phony preachers that say that God just loves you unconditionally, there's no word unconditional in the Bible. Everything with God is conditional. Yeah, just to take these two scriptures, I'm going to just keep reading them because they keep saying God loves you unconditionally, and that's a big lie. Uh, John 15:14 says, you are my friends only if you do whatsoever I, I command you. In other words, if you keep my commandments. And he also says, he that says that I know him and keepeth not uh, my commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. And the Bible says, no liar shall enter the kingdom of heaven. So there. Now getting back to Gold City, here they are singing this song, Moving Up That Mountain, okay, Moving Up. Go ahead.
let's sing the gospel story. Right, if anyone can testify that it's been a rough and rugged road up that uh, mountain, uh, I can really testify to that. But there are people in this world now that are being murdered because they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ rather than Mohammedism. And uh, you say, well, there's some Mohammedist uh, people or Muslim people that are just uh, fine. They're just chanceful and nice and everything else. Well, if they are, they should get out of that religion because Mohammedism will never get you into the kingdom of heaven. Catholicism never will either because you're praying to Mary, and that's a horrible sin. You're praying to saints, and the Lord says, come out from among them. Buddhists, you're not going to go to heaven unless you've repented, except the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. Read the Bible instead of that garbage that they're feeding you. And um, just like I mentioned before, where the, they keep saying, well, the Lord just loves you unconditionally, unconditionally, unconditionally. Look at the Bible and see, read a concordance and see if there's any word unconditional in the Bible. Not one time is it mentioned, all right? Not even one time. And these people say he just loves you unconditional. But the Lord said, you are my friend if I, if you do everything I tell you to do. If makes it on the condition that you do everything I say. So God doesn't love people unconditionally. He loved everybody in the world enough to send his only begotten son into the world to die for you. But after this, that's enough. He doesn't have to do any more than that. That's more than enough because he gives you an opportunity through the blood to get all your sins washed off of your soul. And then uh, after that, he says, now keep my commandments, take up the cross and follow me, which means follow my word, all right? Uh, follow my word. So he says, uh, God means that he has shown us the way to live eternally. That is to die carnally to our flesh. Die out to the flesh. Let's see. Now, dying out to the flesh means that we abandon our flesh. We abandon this entire world so that we can uh, go to the throne and just concentrate on the Lord, to not let anything distract us from uh, the Lord. Uh, we have to concentrate on the Lord and not the distractions of this world. If uh, So we, he wants us to live eternally. So to live eternally, that is to die carnally to our flesh. That's in Romans 6, 14, and 15. Now, the Apostle Paul teaches, number one, that the law can no longer condemn a person that has stopped living their old life. That means that old life of sin, to do things your own way. So, um, so the de uh, uh, you can't uh, prosecute a dead man. The dead man doesn't care because he's dead. Christ has already paid the penalty for our sins. But if the dead man wakes up, that means the dead soul that was in us or the dead spirit, and begins sinning again, well... 
then he's going to have to pay for it. He falls back under the law. And the law doesn't do anything but condemn us. That's uh, chapter 7 of Romans, verses 2 and 3. These two verses are not a complex allegory, but a simple allegory using marriage law to illustrate the point that the Apostle Paul has just made about uh, law's jurisdiction. Verse 1. The passage, this passage is not teaching that, that only the death of a spouse frees a Christian to remarry. It is not teaching anything about divorce and remarriage at all. Both Christ and Paul have fully um, addressed of those issues elsewhere. Matthew 5, 31, 32, chapter 19, verse 3 and 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 10, 15, and chapter 7, verse 3. The law that governs a married woman's actions to no longer apply or has any jurisdiction over her one once her husband dies okay so uh when he's talking about when we come to christ to because we've never had any godly thing that we've ever done but when we come to god when we come to christ that we give up everything else in this world and we are married to him that means we're faithful to him and uh, so he tells us that there's no one that can get into the kingdom of heaven uh, if they still sin. Uh, so Jesus lived a human life. He was crucified. He went to hell for us. These are all the different ingredients. Then he um, did something that we all have to do. He rose from death, hell, and the grave. Well, you say, how, how can we raise from hell? You're on your way to hell, all right? If you're not saved, and you're dead in your spirit, if you died, you'd go right to hell. So he came out of the grave, and then he ascended into the kingdom of heaven so that he could have this last aspect of the application of himself in us. Like I said, God is a God of applications. He puts down the primer coat inside of us. Then he puts the first and second coat on us. And it would appear that we're saved, filled with the Holy Spirit now, the third application. And then what do we do then? Nothing? No, there's a fourth application. Uh, the life-giving spirit comes into us, and this is the entire, uh, you, you're set right then and there to be able to keep the commandments of the Lord. But the whole thing that God did through Christ, uh, the essence is for the application. We can become the essence of the Lord if we allow him to 
occupy our entire being. That means that we um, abandon everything in this world. There's no way that God can uh, use us or work in us and in and through us if we don't abandon the entire world and be married strictly to him. And the application is for giving us life, eternal life, because he became the eternal life-giving spirit, the Lord himself into us to give us his life, his eternal life, the entire refurbishing, the resurrection of our dead spirit to life, and the breath of life in us, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then we have to apply the word. Uh, now, the word, when we apply the word into our interior part, because there's none of this that's going on outside of us at this point. But the word must be obeyed because uh, God is not to God that forgives us, that is, is uh, uh, loves us unconditionally. If we uh, don't apply the word to our life, then you're not saved. You're not going to heaven. Now, a lot of false teachers and preachers have told you that you will go to heaven, but you won't. So the word being the Holy Spirit, the fourth aspect of the divine spirit is that the word, the words the Lord speaks to us, quote, are spirit and they are life. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit. Holy Spirit, and they are immortality, eternal life for you. That's enough. Go to the sixth chapter of John, verse 63. Real quick, who's got it? John 6, 63. Yeah. Okay, read it. It is the Spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto so, you. You flesh and the life, a fleshy type life profits nothing. It's zero. You're spinning your wheels. You're doing nothing. Your life, your um, earthly life is of no value whatsoever. Okay, so John 6, 63, read it. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Right. That's Jesus talking. Now, that's a something. You know where the Lord talks about Antichrist. It's number 666. John always tells us who the Antichrist is. And Jesus told them that they must eat his flesh and drink his blood. And so read John 666. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Okay, so when people do not walk any longer with Christ, they say we're going to do what we want to do. We want to do it. They are, that's what happens. They leave Christ and walk with him no more. That means, that's the day that you become anti-Christ. And if you're in a church and you've decided, ah, we'll listen to the gospel. Yeah, we'll listen to it. No big deal. You're anti-Christ. Okay, because you've decided not to walk with the Lord. Read it again. Uh, read, um, 664, 65, and 66. This is 666. So read, we just read 663. Now go ahead. 
but there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not, and who should betray him. Verse 65, And he said, Therefore said I unto you, that no man can come unto me, except it were given unto him of my Father. So if you believe that it's all right to still live in the world, and be a, a worldly type person, and not as totally uh, surrender yourself unconditionally to Christ, then you will not be, uh, you're not called by the Lord. You're a nothing. Read it uh, again some more. Verse 66, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. That's 666. That right there tells you what Antichrist is. You heard the word and you just turned around and wouldn't listen to him. Amen? Amen. So that's what, that's the mystery of what 666 is. And John is also the one that was told by Jesus who it was that was uh, the Antichrist with him, Judas Iscariot. And also John in his epistles is the one that told us that there are many Antichrists with us even today. He said they are here in the church with us, but they're not. Uh, they were in the church with us, but they uh, obviously were not of us, or they would have never left and t- walked no more with Christ. Amen? Amen? So right there shows you a very good picture of what Antichrist is. You were in the church, and now you're out there bringing uh, anti-Alamo uh, propaganda. You've joined in with the Antichrist of this world, and you're doomed. Some of you have left and committed adultery. And you have uh, babies and all these different things. And you've gone on to narcotics and drugs. And you're into pornography and all the different things of the world. And you're not even thinking at all about Christ because you figure, somebody said, well, I just figured my, I was on my way to hell anyway, so I might as well just live according to my own will. Some of you out there are just trying to get as much sex as you can with as many people as you can. Because you're figuring, man, I'm just going to live it up here on this earth while I'm here. Because we only die, live once. And we're going to die pretty soon. The Bible says that we're like a vapor, a shadow, uh, you know, a blade of grass that grows up in the morning and the heat of the sun comes out and burns it to a crisp. And a shadow, man, it's a shadow is soon gone. You know, at high noon, you're gone during the day, and all of a sudden it's nighttime, and there's no more shadow. And vapors, you see them coming up from out of the uh, different areas in this world, even in kitchens. And the vapor, it appears for a moment, and it's all gone. So when we hear the Word of God and apply the Word, we will not fall asleep, or we... Don't let our eyes go to sleep. But the Lord wants to apply this fourth aspect unto us. But we must do it. He wants us to apply his life-giving spirit to us by reading the words that he speaks to us because they are um, spirit. That's John 6.63 again. Remember John 6.66 that you walk no more with the Lord. And that means, according to John, through the Holy Spirit, this is the spirit of Antichrist. This shows us that the spoken words 
are the embodiment of the life-giving spirit. So in order for you to keep yourself repaired inside, you've got the the um, two coats of paint, and then you've got the primer that came in first. Uh, God primes you, and you feel full of the fear of the Lord, because uh, some people say, well, he, he doesn't give us the spirit of fear. What that means is he doesn't give us the spirit of fear to keep his commandments. I mean, if you keep the commandments, then the things that the commandments say will happen if you keep his commandments will happen. You don't fear that they won't. In other words, like the Lord tells me many times, I feel like just uh, going to New York or Los Angeles or to uh, different Montana or anything, but I don't dare go until he gives me the word to go. And there could be a lot of fearful things happening when he tells me to go certain places, but I don't fear when the Lord tells, commands me to do something, to abandon the world, I don't fear to do that because I know that he's a God of his word. And if I do that, then everything precious and wonderful is going to happen to me. Because God does not want us to have the spirit of fear. It's like uh, Moses. He told the, uh, the witnesses, uh, well, go into the promised land there. Why should he have sent witnesses in there? to witness if it was okay to go in there. They could have been in there in 12 to 14 days. But it took them 40 years to get there because 10 of them came back with a bad report. They said that we can't beat these giants. These giants are bigger than us. And we look so little to them in their eyes. Remember what he said? We look like grasshoppers. That's how small we are compared to these giants. But God destroyed the entire uh, nation of Egypt and the entire army of Egypt, and they just forgot about that. Isn't that something? And they forget that God created the whole universe, so he doesn't give us the spirit of fear to keep his commandments. That's what the spirit of fear is, to fear the Lord, and then you don't have to fear to keep his commandments. Okay, that's what it means. Amen. Amen. We uh, cannot fear to keep his commandments because when we do what he says for us to do, we're going to prosper. There's no one in the Bible that ever did what the Lord said to do and did not prosper. Amen. 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 It's always the ones in the Bible that didn't do what he said that did not prosper. And there's so many people today that are so disobedient to the Lord uh, and we see what happened to these people that were disobedient. Uh, David was the apple of God's eye. But when he was disobedient, all kinds of wrath of God came down upon him. Uh, he saw all of his wives being um, uh, molested and raped on top of the roof so that everybody could see it. And because he said, God told him what you've done in secret, I'm going to show everybody that it will be, your wives will be raped and molested out in the open. All right. And so and then he said that there's no more blessings on him. And he took uh, he just his life was a misery and he only lived to be 70 years old and he died uh, if. When he was so cold, he couldn't get any heat. They had to recruit 
some young girl out of all the provinces there in Israel to get in bed with him. He didn't have sex with him at all. But she just tried, you know, like the heat from her body would keep him warm. But what they did, God, uh, Moses sent these people into the uh, promised land to spy it out. Oh, God, they're too big for us. We can When they didn't realize after seeing God destroy the entire nation of Egypt, that God fights our battles for us. Amen? Amen. If we keep his commandments. But wouldn't that be something if uh, we thought that God was uh, would fight our, uh, our our battles for us if and because he just loves us unconditional? Anyone that's telling you uh, that is a devil right out of hell. They want you to just live a life, carefree life, and do whatever you want to do. And then they th- say, God, just bless you for it. When you can read the Bible and see that when all the people were not doing what he said, that he drowned the entire world and only kept Noah and the seven other people in his family uh, to live. And he took a few animals and birds and uh, different life so that uh, God would replenish the earth. And he now sees, as as in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the coming of the Lord. People will be giving in marriage, marrying, giving in marriage, and they'll be eating and drinking and traveling and do all kinds of things like this. And their minds will be just uh, carefree. They'll be wishing to go to Bermuda or wishing to go to Cancun, Mexico, or... uh, Guadalajara and Tijuana and all these different places and Spain and Switzerland, all kinds of beautiful places in the world instead of focusing on the Lord. So knowledge has been increased, but not wisdom. Okay, and the Bible states in the first chapter of Ephesians that um, uh, wherein he... The Lord has abounded toward us in all wisdom. Not knowledge of the world, but he has abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence. Are the people of this world prudent? (laughs) Absolutely not. The Lord said that in the last days, even the leaders of countries would be uh, not prudent at all. They'd be insane. So verse 9 in first uh, chapter of Ephesians says, Having made known unto us, unto us that believe that have abandoned the world, have abandoned, he has made known unto us the mystery of his will. Well, most people don't care anything about the will of God. I don't care about his will. My will will be done. I'll fornicate. I've got, uh, you know, satellite TV. I'll turn on the uh, uh, fornication and I don't really, you know, unlike I'm a voyeur. I'll just watch that stuff and uh, just get my kicks that way. So, but we'll know the mystery of his will. That is not according to his will. 
Okay? And we know the mystery of that according to his good pleasure, not ours. <laughs> Which he has purposed. We have to do what he has purposed, not what we, because, you know, we're of the flesh. We have flesh-colored skin. So which he has purposed in him, in God. So we have to be in God, and God has to be in us for us to be able to achieve his will, his purpose for us. Amen? Amen. Okay, so if you're just uh, concentrating on this world... Well, then you're not going to be uh, achieving, uh, it says, uh, he hath purpose in himself. So the Bible says that he has to be in us. You must be born again. We were born into this world in the flesh because mama and daddy had some fun one night and there was an accident and that was you. Okay? But the Lord has purposed that we must be born again. Because everybody just thinks that having sex is fun, especially if you have it with many people. But this is not what the Lord purposed. But he, uh, he, according to his good pleasure, which he has purposed in himself. So we read the Bible and we see that we can't sin. And there's no such word as I love you unconditionally and that he's a homosexual. If he loved people unconditionally, then why did he drown everybody? Why does he promise to come back and burn everybody else up that is not living according to his good pleasure in himself? Verse 10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might... Gathered together in one, not two religions or three or four or five, or a multiplicity of them, in one, that is his word, his son, all things in Christ. Not in this world or Buddha or Catholicism or the Pope or anybody like that or myself. But all I'm doing is preaching that the word of God that you must be gathered together in one. He gathers together all things in Christ, Christ only, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in himself. So if we're going to be in him, we can't sin. There's no possible way that we can be gathered into him if we're sinning, because with God, all things are conditional. I love you if you do what I say. If you don't do it, I say, if you're against me, then I'm against you. Amen? Amen. Anyone that uh, uh, hates me, the Lord says, my word, loves death. Doesn't it say that? Amen. All right. Verse 11. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, not your will or my will, okay? Amen. So verse 12, that we should be to pray to the praise of his glory. 
Well, why would that be to the praise of the Lord? Because so many people today don't see anybody keeping the commandments of the Lord. And when we do, or anybody else does, people start praising and thanking the Lord because the Bible says that all beings are hungry and thirsty. They uh, are looking for the right way to guide them. So when we're showing them the right way, well, we become the pra- to, the, to the praise of his glory. Why? Because you say, I have many letters that come in and say, we're so glad that God saved you. They saved you, so I'm like the praise to God's glory because I'm not glorifying myself, and I'm not glorifying anybody else but God. Amen? And Jesus, Jesus is God. Uh, So, to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ. Uh, Well, that means he first trusted the word of God. Now, the Bible says he hasn't given us the spirit of fear to keep his commandments, because we see many people where they told Gideon to go and uh, do something and just uh, take a few men with him. And uh, he was all fearful to do it. Amen. Amen. But he still did it. Amen. Amen. And so, therefore, he came out victorious, right? Amen. To the praise of God's glory. In whom ye also trusted, and he's talking about the saints here, that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. You're saved if you believe the gospel. The gospel is the truth. Whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. But the Holy Spirit also promises that you could be sealed in, you, your name could be in the Lamb's Book of Life, but if you, after you've been sealed, you break away and start living a sinful life, uh, that the Lord breaks that seal and he blots your name out of the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen? Amen. All right, so you've got to believe the whole Word of God, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. So if we live a godly life, I mean, and we're not hypocrites, then people praise, they say, we're so glad God saved you because you continuously preach the word and send it out to us. And I can feel my spirit. I feel strong now because I've received the word of God. And you've explained it in a manner where I could understand it. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, which is the word of God, and love unto all the saints. That's very important for you to love the saints. Uh, Verse 16 Cease not to give thanks for, we're going up here to the next page, for uh, you. I give thanks for you because anyone that's keeping the commandments, I really thank and praise the Lord for them. Making mention of you in my prayers. Verse 17, that the God of our Lord... Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom 
And that's only for those of you that keep his commandments. It's not unconditional. It's if you keep the commandments, that I pray that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding uh, being enlightened by the word of God, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling. What is the hope of his calling? If he, you, uh, you know, he didn't just call you. He wants to call you and use you in this world uh, so that you can be to the praise of his glory. And if you don't, you walk around with a smug look on your face and think that you're some kind of a king or queen uh, other than the kind of king or queen that God makes you. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word? If you don't know the Lord, you don't have any power who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Now, God has mighty power because we are born into the world. And then all of a sudden, uh, we must be born again of the spirit. There's a lot of difference. Now, the Lord's wife comes out of his body, of the body of Christ. So uh, we have to be taken out there and we live a whole different life. Uh, well, we can. We have time, I think, for one testimonial letter, and then we're going to pray uh, that God will save your soul, and you're going to pray as well. So, Sharon, what, do we have a letter from somewhere? We have a report from a nursing home visit. Well, let's hear that. We were invited back for a second time to a nursing home in Spiro, Oklahoma. When we started singing the old-fashioned gospel songs, the elderly people sang right along with us, and they would keep requesting certain gospel songs they liked. They were so happy and joyous and did not want to stop singing. We all felt such a sweeping of the Holy Spirit. Right after the testimonies, one of the elderly men raised his hand and spoke up and said, The testimonies of the girls were such an inspiration and encouragement. To the praise of God's glory. Amen. Amen. This is just right in perfect. Then what? And had really lifted up everyone in the nursing home, because you don't see young people today like this in the world. After the service, we went to the rooms of those who could not attend the service, and we led an 89-year-old man through the sinner's prayer who was dying of cancer. Yeah, this is really of the Lord to be able to pray somebody through uh, just uh, at 89 years old, just before they go out to meet the Lord. No wonder there's so the devil comes in with such anti-Alamo propaganda, right? Amen. Okay, keep going because our time is up now. Just a couple seconds here more. We also gave the piece of literature called Love and Affection to the man's sister-in-law who was there. She was very grateful we came in the room to visit because she said he could die at any time, but now she was very comforted by him having prayed to make sure everything was right between him and God. She was glad to hear about the 24-hour prayer line, and we told her we'll let our pastor and all the brothers and sisters know to pray for him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. My time's up. But this is the time where you can get to know the Lord and know the, the mystery of the knowledge and wisdom of God instead of this world. So all you need to do is pray 
Uh, so say this prayer unto him so that the spirit of Jesus with his Father and the Holy Spirit enter into you, and you'll be a changed person. You'll be born again. Now say these words. Say, My Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God and that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. And I believe that you, Father, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart, and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus. Wash all my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul. It's your word. You promise that all who call upon the name of the Lord, all I, and I'm calling upon you, Lord, all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Therefore, I know that you have heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know that I'm saved, and I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. Now, just raise your hands up and praise and thank the Lord, and read only the King James Version of the Bible, and then later on, I'll show you the right version of uh, the Greek and the Hellenic Greek, that is, and the Hebrew to read and the Aramaic. Now, Sharon, tell the listening audience how to receive a copy of this uh, program, number 546. It's good to play, pray for people that are in rest homes, this program, and your friends and even your enemies. Okay, go ahead, Sharon. Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas, 75505, or call area code 479 479- 782-7370. That's 479-782-7370. Or fax to area code 479-782-7406. All right. Praise the Lord. This is uh, World Pastor Tony Alama saying tune in tomorrow for another powerhouse to strengthen your spirit by the Holy Spirit in you and Jesus in you. And uh, listen now to Gold City to sing another song for you. It's uh, do it by the book, uh, by the book, by the book. That means do it, do everything by the Bible. Amen. 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 